You're listening to the official Ankeny Community School District podcast, We Are Ankeny, where we're sparking conversations about all things Ankeny schools. A group of students, staff, parents, and community leaders met to imagine what the 6th through 12th grade experience could and should be for our Ankeny Community School District. Skills and traits Ankeny students should have by the time they graduate from high school Today, let's talk about the findings of the committee with some of the members directly involved. Today, we have Jesse Dirks, Chief Officer of Legal Affairs and Strategic Initiatives and the facilitator for our Innovative Secondary Task Force. Amy Gidry is an Innovative High School Committee volunteer. She was born and raised in New Orleans. Did I say it right? That's correct. Okay. New Orleans, Louisiana. During that time, she worked as a litigation paralegal. Amy's family has moved quite a bit, and she has lived in over eight different school districts. Her girls, now 20 and 15, have attended private, public, and charter schools in Louisiana, Florida, Missouri, and Iowa. With only one daughter at home who is a sophomore at Ankeny High School, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Okay. Amy spends her free time volunteering for the Perky Hawk and working for a local law firm in Ankeny. Grace Swanson is the vice president of human capital at Acumode. Grace started with Acumode in uh, 2010, which is an international leader in high-tech plastic parts production headquartered in Ankeny, Iowa. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, Jesse. Welcome. Hi, Dr. Pruitt. I see you all the time. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to start with Jesse, okay? So Jesse, earlier this year, um, you facilitated the innovative innovative secondary school. So I, right. I, I, I know out there uh, for, for a very long time, the community has talked about the third high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been very intentional about not saying innovative high school. It's innovative secondary school because we wanted this task force to just imagine what um, the experience for our students in secondary school, sixth through twelfth grade, could could look like or should look like in the future. So, Jesse, tell us about uh, the work of the group, um, the purpose, um, who served on it, and you know, what was our objective um, this year. Yep. Um, so you're absolutely right. As we were having this conversation, we were thinking about um, students be after elementary school, right? Sixth through 12th grade. And really the question that we posed to the group is, what needs to happen in sort of that second half of the Ankeny Schools experience for our students to make sure that when they graduate, they are prepared for whatever comes next. That could be college, that could be career, that could be a certificate, that could be the military, a million different things that are good and valuable options. Um, We as a district, as most districts have, have really had sort of a traditional approach to each year you go through sort of the next um, the next grade, you take sort of your traditional, your math class, your science class, your social studies class with some really innovative programs or offerings, but we wanted to think more broadly than that. If our buildings are getting to the place where we need to think about, hey, we're going to need to add some more space here. Is there a way to think differently about what kids after elementary school are doing to sort of supplement those traditional classes that they're taking to make sure 
or make even more sure that by the time they leave us, they're ready for the next thing. Um, And so this group of folks, parents like Amy, community leaders uh, and partners like Grace from AccuMold, um, community college representatives, our staff, we had some students that were part of this committee, came together and really started with a blank piece of paper. And that was the question, what should we be doing differently after elementary school to really maximize our our students' readiness for post-12th grade, um, whatever that might look like for them. And so, Amy, uh, you, your, your children have experienced um, a wide variety of educational settings, you know, private, public, charter. And so, you know, with one more child in school, you know, why participate in uh, this task force? And, you know, what are you looking for as far as what this could potentially be for our district? So one of the things I want to say is like all the different places that we have lived, I want to say Ankeny is definitely probably superior and so progressive to what I've experienced in other places as far as like how we prepare our children for the next thing. And I really applaud our leaders for really continuing to push the envelope and look into the future, you know, because if we were to pull our seniors a year after you know, they're out in the real world after taking traditional courses for the past however many years. You know, how did we do as parents, mm-hmm. community leaders, you know, the people that we have voted to task with our children's education? So <clears throat> having lived in these different places, we are definitely here. I'm super proud to be a part of this community. Um My whole reason for really wanting to join the committee was my daughter being in 10th grade. She's an exceptional student, um, but she needs more. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that she's not the only one that is needing more. Like something that we think outside of the box that really truly prepares our children for what comes after they are handed that diploma and walk across the stage. And we're like, okay, go forth and do your thing. Well, like, how do we really support them and help them? And they and we hear this all the time. And we even struggled with this as high school students growing up. Like, what do we do? Mm -hmm. Like, so if we can create that safe place within those sixth through 12th grade years for our kids, like how much better prepared will they be as contributing citizens Mm -hmm. to the world and feel so much more less anxious, less depressed less, you know, those, those emotions, those things, those worries that our kids are experiencing. And we're seeing some of that now in our high school with our counselors, you know, having to deal with us on a daily basis. So that was kind of my big thing. Um, I'm a very active parent, um, with my, with my kids have always been that way. Um, so, but not every student has that parent who can focus on them a hundred percent of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I'm, I'm super excited to be a part of this creation that we can support all of our kids if they want to be a YouTube sensation star. Like, what does that mean? Right. Like, what does that entail? Like, they're going to learn what that means in a safe place with leaders and our, you know, business owners, community leaders, you know, all of these great, great, great options. So long 
answer, but that's kind of no, my big why. Great. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Grace, um, you're with one of our most valued um, partners in the community with AccuMode. Um, you, you serve in an important role with AccuMode. Um, you know, why was it important for you to participate on uh, this task force? Well, one of the key things for us is making sure we have a supply chain of talented staff. And so we work with DMAC. Uh, we have a scholarship program for robotics and tool and die. And what we found is that college isn't the right thing for everyone uh, in terms of a four-year degree. And we look for people who are genius with working with their hands or working with mechanics. And one of the really great things in working with the schools is we get to see where they're strong and where they're not. And then we can contribute on various customer boards um, as the customer for the school to say, you know, as a portrait of a graduate, this is really what we're looking for. Mm -hmm. These are the folks that excel. Uh, and so for us, it's important to be involved with the schools. And last October, we... Uh, partnered with Waukee and Ankeny and Bondurant Faro and created a job program uh, under the Department of Labor Student Learner Act. So we're paying high school students to learn about advanced manufacturing before they get to the point of deciding, should I go to DMAC? What, what should I do? And it's a way for us to build our future as a company with staff that's really talented. Man, that, that sounds great. And so you, know, you, you had mentioned talented staff. And so mm -hmm. um, with your role in ACUMO in, in the HR department, mm -hmm. you know, what are those skills that you're seeing your most successful team members have uh, when they get hired and persevere um, in your company? Uh, I would say that there's not one right answer, mm -hmm. and I will tell you, uh, we started the uh, Acumold Scholarship Program with DMAC back in 2006, and we've had about 70 students go through the program. Uh, about 40% of our tool room are uh, graduates from DMAC in the tool and die and robotics, and we've had to have a few Dutch uncle talks with those students as we bring them on. Uh, but, you know, they've been there seven, eight, nine years, and some have moved to other areas that they were interested in. Uh, so helping them grow with uh, team building and problem solving and being able to communicate besides their technical skills is really important to us. Okay. Amy, um, you Again, with with having children, and you know, every parent wants the best for their child. Um, other outside of the the academic aspect of being in school, you know, what are the skills you're looking for um, your child, your children when they the the twenty year old when she was in school? What skills were you wanting them to be able to to have by the time they graduated from from high school? Um, looking at my one who has graduated and then the one who is actually still in school, I would have liked to seen in my 20 year old, a narrowed focus mm -hmm. of what she would have liked to do. 
um, or attempt, you know, and so that way we could have like pivoted to a technical school, you know, or, you know, a DMAC or a four-year college program, I would have liked to seen like maybe a narrowed focus. What I struggle with my 10th grader now is that she's bored. Mm. I hear that all the time. Why do I have to go to school on time for English? I mean, she has a high GPA. She's an AP, honors, advanced classes. So it's having, so what I'm struggling with her, and I've had two different spectrums of children um what i'm struggling with my 10th grader now is she wants to be an engineer mm-hmm. we and I, I some of the things i fostered with her talking to other engineers and interviewing them and just kind of be in that step and that's where i talk about like other children don't have that as an option mm-hmm. or those connections that they can make for their their kids um so i just really would like to see a rubric, a rubric cube of some sort, a, a loose thing that we could follow um, to kind of really help these children narrow their focus mm-hmm. a little bit or just check things off the box. Like, I want to be, you know, a, you know, a doctor. Right. Well, they could do a little bit of something as a with a doctor and be like, nope. I don't like blood, you know, and then that right. knocks it off their list. So it's in essence kind of creating that, you know, that narrowed focus. So Jesse, Amy talks about the, uh, a narrow focus. Um, I, I think I see that as post-secondary planning. And so mm-hmm. what does post-secondary planning mean to you and what could it potentially mean for this innovative secondary school and then I have a follow-up to that question after you finish the answer. Oh gosh now I'm anxious about what the (laughs) follow-up is. Um, I think hearing both Grace and Amy talk about what they want here is making me think about post-secondary planning as well. Um, I wouldn't be me if I didn't make a connection to the strategic plan that we put together as a community last year, in which we have a real emphasis on sort of increasing post-secondary planning and starting even younger with our students to think about that. Part of why this group was not our innovative high school group, but was innovative secondary school group, was because we think that planning should begin in some kind of a formalized way in sixth grade. Now, what it looks like for a sixth grader versus a senior in high school, very different. But in order for students to have the kind of experiences um, that Amy's talking about, go for a week with a doctor and see if that's really what you want to do, or to do a full... um, apprenticeship or paid Mm -hmm. program, like an Acumol, like Grace mentions, you need multiple years, right, to be able to build that into your secondary school experience. So I think for me, when I think about post-secondary planning, it's it's starting earlier. And one thing I think our group emphasized a lot was we want kids to have multiple at-bats, multiple chances to try lots of different things and realize this is not the path for me. Um, in a safe space where those choices probably come without college debt associated with them or without having enrolled in a school that's not the right fit um, after graduation. And so creating a structure to try a lot, to fail a lot, but to learn from that failure in a way that sort of propels you towards the next right, better, more focused, targeted decision that um, 
that makes sense for you as you try to discover what that path is, at least what that path should be by the time you're 18. Nobody is saying you're locked into the choice you make when you're a senior in high school, but if you're on a path that might be a better fit by the time you do, um, maybe it's a it's a quicker, easier journey after you graduate. And so what I hear you saying, Jesse, is based off of um, the path that uh, a parent, parents and a child uh, discuss at home, and then that's that's translated into coursework in, in sixth grade, that actually then is aligned with some of the experiences that we want to provide students beginning in sixth grade, leading up to um, by the time they graduate from our, our system, correct? Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I think it's, and I, I hear you, um, Dr. Pruitt, saying both courses and experiences, because I think it's both, right? It's both about what are the classes that you're building into your schedule? And if we have a little bit of a sense of where, which path you might want to go down, our counselors, our administrators, our teachers can be more targeted and helping a student and their family figure out what's sort of the right combination of courses that might be connected to that understanding that there might be changes along the way. Um, but then also what um, what kinds of extracurricular activities do we need to offer for students? If we have a lot of students that say they want to be engineers or a lot that are interested in something that involves robotics, is that a place where we need to invest time and energy in figuring out how do we create outside of the classroom experiences connected um, to those interests as well? So I would add to what you're saying that programs like Waukee's Apex, where the students go out to an architect. We had robotics students come out to Acumold for the last four or five years. Um, Ankeny's Orbis, and and the student, one of the students in there, uh, in our task force, said, "I love." Orbis mm-hmm. versus going back to my traditional classroom. And I think part of that goes to the old agit that the teacher appears when the student is ready. Mm-hmm. And I think the challenge we have is we're telling the student when they're ready. And when they have an outside of school experience, all of a sudden they start discovering what they're ready to learn and do and uh, they meet professionals. Uh, they learn soft skills. They learn how to be professional in a work environment. And I think that just uh, really richens their experience. And things like you said, we had uh, two robot teams at Acumulton last week. And those programs, the kids come in prepared to present, Mm -hmm. to explain how they built their robot. They have to talk to judges. They have to do marketing to raise funds. You know, those real-life experiences in a pretty low, threatening environment Mm -hmm. can and just really get kids in the right direction that they want to go. So based on your role, Grace, um, at Acumo, you know, you mentioned um, soft skills. And so what, mm-hmm. what and you were alluding to it with what you just were just talking about. What are those soft skills that um, you believe students should have by the time they, they graduate from, from high school? Certainly learning how to communicate and work in a team. Mm. Um, 
what Acumol does is we work with customers all over the world, and they will come up with a design for a medical uh, apparatus, small, uh, smaller than a mm, grain of salt, mm-hmm. and our team members, project engineers and designers and tool makers and the sales force will all start a kickoff meeting with, why did you take this order? We can't do this. (laughs) And they argue for two hours. And then they go, if we do this and we do this, we can do this. And so having the ability to really problem solve before you have anything physical is a tremendous asset and knowing that arguing is safe. And so Amy, I saw you shaking your head when Grace mentioned Orbis. Um, is, yes. is your, is your um, sophomore currently in Orbis this year? She, uh, her schedule was so full. She actually did early morning PE. Okay. So she is jammed packed, but we're on target for her junior year. That's great. And so what is attractive to you and to her uh, about Orbis? So it's the project-based learning. It's the opportunity for these kids to get in front of, um, you know, real life people. Like, so for example, Casey's, my husband works for Casey's and he's working with the Orbis kids on a project on how to better create the kitchen aspect. And he actually brought the kids into the Casey's test kitchen and had our Orbis kids there and um, it was just eye-opening for them on, like, this is what a corporate test kitchen looks like to, you know, and they were with our food scientists um, working on, like, like this is what I do every day. You know, Casey's is known for their pizza. You know, it's a it's a pizza place that just so happens to sell gas. I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a you know, it's a solid um, piece of Ankeny community here. So to have that amazing opportunity for these kids to come in and do that. So it's that piece. So, you know, what Grace was saying, they're learning how to communicate in a professional setting. They're seeing how an office is run, Um, you know, and then it's like just being able to communicate properly and then just explore. So, you know, yeah, I work for Casey's, but I mean, this is what it looks like in the back. It's just those real life opportunities that these kids get. And that's what Orvis really, really um, just has an opportunity to do. Yeah. It's a non-traditional classroom. Oh my God, right? it's amazing. Right. Yeah. And so, so Jesse, you, you went, you, you explained what uh, post-secondary planning uh, could look like, should look like. And so that second part, uh, the follow-up to that is, innovation and so uh, we said uh, we said innovative secondary school and so what does that mean for Ankeny because you know if we look nationally uh, um, at other school districts they they throw the word innovative into the into a school's name or to or, or into a program what is going to make this innovative for us as we look uh, towards the future for our uh, secondary students so a little bit of speculation here, but then I want to use this as an opportunity to tell you what this group came up with yep. in terms of core sort of elements of this experience um, that I think will sort of be the heart of the work as we build out some of the specifics moving forward. Um, but in in both Grace's example of um, students at Acumold and Amy's example of students at Casey's, I think both of those are innovative in that it is 
as you say, Dr. Pruitt, a real-world classroom or a non-traditional classroom, I would be very surprised if we didn't see more and more of those kinds of opportunities becoming commonplace, um, both probably through the expansion of our Orbis program, but also through um, through other aspects of the secondary school experience. So kids really have their eyes open and we're deepening those partnerships with those organizations in our community and especially with technology being the way it is. Of course, we want to um, have those opportunities for our kids right here in our community with AccuMold, with Casey's. Um, but there are also ways to expose kids to experiences through technology, virtual, mm-hmm. reality, kind of learning those kinds of things, um, I think will become more and more present. I can tell you, as we're building out the details here, yep. um, our... So that was my next question. It was? Yes. Do you want to ask or do you just want me to keep No, talking? keep going. Okay. You're in a row. <laughs> um, the, uh, our, our group came up with sort of five core organizing elements, which on their face might not sound like, oh, that's really innovative. But I think if we, as we're building out the curriculum, as we're working on partnerships in the community, um, as we're thinking about what a facility would look like that could support this kind of learning for students, I think we will keep these five things sort of at the at the core of what we do. So I just want to, I'm going to look at my piece of paper to make Absolutely. sure I don't bungle the words here. Um, we think that secondary school in our district should be relevant to the real world. We've heard both Grace and Amy give examples of why that would matter to students um, and how that might look in, in businesses. We think it should be expansive and exploratory, um, which to us, to that group meant have a chance to try out lots of different things, right? You don't in sixth grade decide this is my path and I'm now on, you know, sort of one of those old school tracks, like the college track Mm -hmm. or the non-college track. Lots of chances to explore things. I think that is a little bit innovative. Um, we believe that it, the experience should be deeply rooted in community partnerships. We've got community partners um, here, and the design of the curriculum, the design of those experiences should continue to happen in a way where business leaders, higher ed leaders, parents have a seat at the table in designing those innovative real-world experiences. I am... Getting close to the end here. Two more. Um, We believe that it should be accessible to all students. So we've heard Amy talk today about um, her daughter, who's a sophomore, who um, really needs to be challenged because she's such an extraordinary student and really excels academically. We think it's important that we create a model where students like Amy's daughter, have the chance to thrive and feel engaged and invested. But we also know we have students um, who might not be as academically inclined, students who might have different learning styles, um, learning challenges. We don't want this to be a limited experience, only for the most academically gifted students. All kids in our system should get real-world, relevant, career exploration, things like Mm -hmm. that. I even think I'm sorry to interrupt you, but yes. I just came up with a um, just a thought. It's like for the students who don't have the idea yet, it's like creating the spark exactly that could just launch them into something. I love that. You know, I love that. Yes. 
So recognizing that you don't have to have the spark in order to take advantage of this. This right. could be the place, yep. right? Or the the, yep. the part of your educational experience where that happens. Yep. And then the final one I want to mention, and Grace gets credit for really kind of being the advocate of this and making sure it made sort of the top five list. Mm-hmm. Um, we think that that secondary school experience should promote student well-being. So we're talking about the future. We're talking about... Um, you know, how do you get ready for the next step? But how are we taking care of our students, um, their physical health needs, their mental health needs, just as part of that experience? It doesn't necessarily need to be a separate class or a separate experience, but are we creating an environment and an experience where um, kids feel safe to fail, to try things, to take on new challenges, um, and to really just be the best whole versions of themselves possible. So I'm, I'm going to paraphrase. And so what I heard you say is <laughs> with, with this the, the concept of an innovative secondary school, we want uh, this um, building, future building, mm-hmm. to be adaptable. Yes. We want we want to provide um, experiences for exploration yep. for our students, a community focus. And so that's yep. both with our nonprofit and for-profit partners in uh, the Ankeny and Metro community. Yep. Uh, we, we want uh, this building to, to meet the needs of different types of learners yep. um, across um, our entire district. And then uh, we want to make sure that uh, there's a focus around student well-being. And so yes. um, the, the student that um, knows that they're going to be going into uh, a four-year university, um, that they're really focused on their academics, but we, we, we don't want them to de- neglect um, who, they are. who they are and um, needs for rest and recovery. Um, uh, um, as they pursue their goals. And so um, with those five characteristics or goals for this building, where does CTE, um, career technical education, fall within how we look at um, innovative, um, this innovative secondary school? Yeah, so if we ultimately would end up with, let's say, some sort of a a facility where this type of learning would happen, I think we would probably see a lot of our existing CTE programs um, sort of migrate to that location. Um, but then there, we would probably see an expansion of those opportunities, whether they take maybe an Acumold lab, maybe an Acum Acumold sure. lab, okay, <laughs> the Casey's kitchen, yes. like yes. food service area. Oh, yes. I, I love it. Um, yes. Those kinds of things, right? So probably an expansion. I think that's where the community partnerships come in. So we have some really great um, CTE programs now. I think we could do even more, and we could think differently about some of them like with the program that Acumold is doing this year where they have high school students that are actually getting paid, that's a CTE right. mm-hmm. experience. Absolutely. Um, Orbis in some ways mm-hmm. is a CTE experience, even yes, if we don't call it that, because yes. they're in a Casey's test kitchen every day, right? Yeah. Um, not every day, but you know they've, they've had that experience. Right. So I think we would see that morph into um, sort of the overall kind of innovative secondary experience. One of the things that I think having students go out to businesses or other organizations gives them is the opportunity to be treated like an adult. I love that. To be respected. And that's harder to get remotely. 
Mm. Uh, but when they're working with someone who's picked that as their livelihood, yes. um, there's a different connection. And I think that's important. And, and what I hear from that also is where I see an opportunity for expansion is around our mentorship opportunities for our students. Um, what, what makes me really excited um, for our students moving forward, um, our district, our board just approved um, a partnership with Junior Achievement. And so I'm, I'm really excited about not only um, how we're partnering with our for-profit um, partners here in Ankeny, but um, the expansion uh, in our partnerships with Junior Achievement, I, I think that uh, I'm, I'm just look, I'm, I'm very hopeful for our future, uh, for our kids with bringing in more businesses uh, to provide support and mentorship to our students uh, moving forward. You, I got super excited when you said Junior Achievement because my mind went straight to BizTown. Absolutely. And I think... I learned about BizTown when my 20-year-old went through fifth grade, and I was I had the opportunity to volunteer in one of the stores. Now, this was in Tampa, Florida, yeah. that I did this with her. And I was like, OMG, this is such an eye-opening thing because it's a little town. And it would be almost interesting to pull our fifth graders after this experience because it touches on a little bit of everything, Absolutely. how to work together, balancing a checkbook, what it means to go to the bank, what it means to pay your rent and, you know, budget for food and how to spend your free money, you know, how to get health care. So all these students are working in all these little departments and it it really gives them a great opportunity to really it's it's their first spark. Yeah. I would say in fifth grade is where their first spark happens. So it's almost like pulling these kids afterwards and just seeing what they have to say and be like, so, you know, Riley, after this experience, like what interests you? Yeah. Yes. Did you like working in the medical clinic, taking, listening to someone's heartbeat? Right. You know, did you like being, you know, the journalist asking the kids, you know, how their day was yep. going and creating a newspaper? Yeah. Like, and then from there, building from there with our five, you know, groups. Mm-hmm. And, and then tying in Orbis, it's like, I feel like we are set up so well here. We're like, we're on the cusp. Yeah. We're and ready. Then, and I, I don't know if uh, Amy or Grace, you've heard, um, because of the partnership with Junior Achievement, um, our seventh graders this semester will be going to Finance Park. And then we'll okay. also be offering uh, the stock market game um, oh, to, our, awesome. to our students at the yeah. high school level. And so we're, we're really looking um, to build what junior achievement looks like past fifth grade yes. because our fifth graders have such a wonderful experience um, down down in Des Moines. And so this is a plug for our Chamber of Commerce. Sure. Let's, yes. let's bring uh, uh, our own biz town to Ankeny. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. so, J.A. Uh, North. That's right. That's right. And so um, when we think about um, this work that the uh, task force has completed um, to this point, how does this align with the facilities master plan work, Jesse? Yeah, so I think in all sorts of ways, the facilities master plan um, group has been taking on, um, as you know, issues about um, boundaries and when those 
uh, grade transitions should happen? Like, should it be, uh, should elementary end at fifth grade and then there's a six, seven building, eight, nine, 10, 12, that sort of structure? Or should something different exist? Um, and then if we need a new facility, what might that facility look like? Now that that group's work is wrapping up and they're at a place with recommendations, this group's re- work is at least this phase wrapping up and we have some recommendations. We will come together and talk about if there are going to be those, um, if there's going to be any shift in grade level transitions, how does the secondary school experience get woven into those? If there is a need for some sort of additional facility, is this the moment for our community to say, it shouldn't really maybe be a third comprehensive high school. It should be this a place where we can do the sort of expansion of the cool junior achievement type activities we're talking about, where we can have more CTE, where Orbis can live, where we can bring in corporate partners and have adaptable classrooms that allow for um, career exploration events or allow our students to um, use technology to communicate with students around the world working on similar Mm -hmm. kinds of of projects. So that, I think, is the work of the coming semester as we prepare um, by the end of the school year to move forward to our board with um, some recommendations coming out of that committee, coming out of our committee, and and we'll see them, I think, coming together into sort of a shared set of recommendations. I I think a great thing that Ankeny has been doing is the Shark Tank, encouraging entrepreneurs, because that's really what's going to grow our country. And you should be really proud of what you've done there. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Amy, what are you most excited about when it comes to the innovative secondary school and the possibilities? Okay, so what I would get so excited about right now is, you know, daughter in 10th grade, um, and she said she's bored, you know, is having that extra plug-in for her. Be like, okay, so this is where you need to be. This is where you're going to feel like you're not wasting your time. Mm -hmm. Because I think she feels like she's just checking boxes right Mm -hmm. now. So I would be so excited as a parent to push her in that direction or be like, okay, here you go. Here's your, here's your playground. Here's your toolbox. Go explore. So that's what I'm super excited about is having that opportunity for her. Absolutely. Or for all the kids, really. Yeah. Grace, what are you most excited about? I'm excited that the schools and the, the leadership of the schools is really looking at how do we create a life for our students? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Jesse, um, different question. <laughs> As we think about um, all the different things that we're doing this year with the facilities master plan, uh, the innovative secondary school work, um, what's next um, with regards to how, how do we move this idea concept forward? Yep. Um, Well, first, I want to put in a plug for something that is available to all members of our community on our district website right now, which is a very brief little survey um, about sort of the this framework that was created by the Innovative Secondary Schools um, Task Force. So it's got these five sort of pillars, core elements that we talked about, um, and just says, hey, are these the right things to the community? Um, so that will be up. I think it's linked um, right on the front of the website for probably about another week. 
Um, and we're and that also went out in the newsletter to um, to parents last week. Um, and we're already seeing lots of really really good feedback. Um, spoiler alert: members of the co- of the committee, people are generally very much in agreement with what you said. <laughs> yes, these things are important, so that's good news. Um, and then I think we will continue, as I said, we're sort of merging the conversations that have been happening with the facilities master plan committee, this committee, and some post-secondary work um, into a series of recommendations that will go to the board, um, our board of education, by the end of uh, the school year. And then I think the conversations with our community continue with partners like Acumold, um, with partners like Casey's. Um, and with, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention DMAC, um, Rob Denson and the group at DMAC have been tremendously supportive of this work, eager for partnership and collaboration here. So those conversations I think continue. Now we have a framework that we're operating within and I think we sort of get down to brass tacks and start saying, okay, we want this to feel connected to real world experiences. What are those experiences we want kids to have? Who are the community partners that are come at, going to come in and work with us and help us create those experiences for our students? How are we going to bring in DMAC experiences to support that work? Um, and then, then we start the process of building that, that plan. Exciting. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Grace, um, for one, volunteering and giving your time to build this idea around the innovative secondary school. Thank you, Jesse, for leading that task force. And thank you all three for um, taking some time out today and uh, helping our audience understand more about the secondary uh, innovative secondary school. Um, and a special thank you to our listeners. Please join us for the next episode of Let's Talk About It. Thank you for listening to the We Are Ankeny podcast, the official podcast of Ankeny Community Schools.